Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and this is the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about exercising optimism. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I am optimistic that this is going to be our best one yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, this probably will be because, you know, you're kind of going to the area that um, I'm really, really passionate about and the importance of optimism. And quite frankly, you know, I was thinking as I was coming over for this podcast, I was thinking about, you know, we've got so many things happening in our world today, domestically and, and internationally, that really could challenge a person's optimism. So let's talk about what is exercising optimism, right? What does that look like? All right. Well, I'll, I'll read the definition that Six Seconds gives us, the people we work for, and then we can talk about it. Okay, great. Because it, it, it's taking a proactive perspective of hope and possibilities. You're being proactive, so you're actively doing it, but your perspective of hope and possibilities. I really like that definition because it's, it's making you look at everything. That's great. And I, I'm thinking about if I'm, I put myself in the shoes of potentially of, of, of the listeners. And if that, someone were to say to you, but Jeff, you don't understand. This happened or that happened. And what are we going to do about this thing or that subject or that issue? How do you, how do you, what do you say to that person? I would tell them to take a step back and explain to me what perspective are you coming from? What are you seeing? That's making you think that's going to be the outcome. What are the possibilities that you would like to see? And how can we get there? You learn to do that, to think that way. You mentioned learn. So there's an implication with that, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're that same person maybe out there in the audience that's saying, okay, so how do I learn how to, to be that definition that you gave about the hope and possibilities being proactive? Practice. 
Ah. <laughs> it's not really complicated. You just be honest with the situation. You actually take the time to look at it. Some people are taught to do that. Some people are taught to look at what bad could happen instead of what good could happen. Is that kind of the glass half empty versus half full? Exactly. That kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that's, it's a mindset. And I don't think people are born with that mindset. It's not something that is inherent, but it's a learned. I think we've talked about neural pathways before. It's a, yes. it, it's a learned pathway in their brain that they're going to go to the pessimistic, the sky is falling aspect of the situation okay. rather than a learned pathway of, yeah, that's still a possibility, but. That pathway. So it's it's very interesting. I'm going to come back. I want to to the the idea of practice. Okay. And, and obviously, a, a lot of times, especially in the culture we're in, you know, the idea of sports and things of that nature. And I always find it fascinating when I think of someone um, like, for example, LeBron James. He probably is one of the more popular athletes out there today, and he's obviously very very talented and has been for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But he didn't just wake up one day and become that, did he? No. But even with his all of his talent and gifts, does he still have to practice, you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to give you an example from music. Um, When I was taking lessons to learn how to play the bass, Mm -hmm. I was optimistic in the fact that I knew I was going to have a place to play it. The people at my church said, I made the mistake of saying, I want to learn how to play the bass. The next week, the praise team leader brought a bass and amp in and said, there you go. As soon as you're ready, you're playing with us. So I was optimistic that I was going to be able to share the music. And the the guy I was taking instruction from said, that's the difference between you and most of the people that are taking it. They have no plan of ever sharing it. So they're not optimistic and thinking about what gift and what joy that would be to share it. And they never progress. When I think about that and I think about the the idea of putting in the work, if you mm-hmm. will, what are some of the things that come from learning how to be this optimist, to be optimistic? When you learn how to be optimistic, you have a little bit more ownership or even control, I think, of the outcomes that you're looking for because you're going in with whatever the situation is with the idea that I'm going to be successful. I am going to get to my outcome. So you, you're looking at that, and when you own something, you you have ownership of it, so you're going to treat it differently, I think. You're going to take the steps to succeed. You're going to be energized. You're going to be focused. You're going to have that, whatever that thing is, out there in front of you. So it's just a different way of looking at it. That's a very, very powerful um, perspective, Jeff. And I, I know from my own personal experience, my son right now is uh, learning how to drive as his temps. His personality is, is that he's got to get it right the first time, right? And, and he's very optimistic going in. Unfortunately, he doesn't realize that he's, he's new and he's going to make mistakes and it's not going to go just smooth sailing every time. Mm-hmm. So we're driving down the road and he comes to a stop sign and he forgets that stop means stop. So he starts to just kind of go out on the road. And of course, there's traffic coming the opposite direction. And I said, you got to stop. You got to stop. And then, and he's beating himself up as we've straightened out and we're down the road. Mm-hmm. And he's, well, I, you know, I should have done this. I, I said, Grant, this is the first mistake of probably a thousand that you're going to make in driving. The key is, is to keep going, to keep driving, <laughs> to keep, cause you have to. 
So when I think about that, optimism is not just for when it goes your way, right? No, it's a tool to help you when it doesn't go your way. Because like you said, you, you're, you're, you're telling your son that we all make mistakes. I mean, when was the last time you drove through a traffic light and then you go, was that really green? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's, you know, we've been driving for a long time. So you still, it's going to happen. But the optimistic thing is as you learn, it's going to get you to the outcome, which is, you know, safely getting to your destination in the car. Yeah. So that, you know, if you're pessimistic and just dwell on the mistake you made, you're not going to learn from the mistake. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to move ahead. <clears throat> Let's look at um, the other side of the equation. There's optimism and there's pessimism, mm-hmm. I, I realize. You're kind of uh, maybe uh, fr- from the perspective of Spirit of EQ mm-hmm. and Six Seconds that there can be styles of thinking. That can be optimistic and pessimistic. Yeah, it, it goes back to patterns and the neural pathways and all that fun stuff. You've taught yourself that, or you've been taught to okay. think that way. Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an optimistic person, and I think I get that from how I grew up. I grew up on a farm. Okay, and when you're a farmer, you have to go about everything with optimism. The the weather is going to be correct, and every you know the crops are going to grow the way they want. Mm-hmm. You have to have that, or you wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. So I was taught that by my parents, especially my dad, because he was the one out doing the farming more. Right. But, you know, there's going to be storms. You still are optimistic, even you know there's going to be the bad things, you know, that don't go the way you want. So that's one style of thinking. Okay. Other people are taught that no matter what you do, it's going to turn out bad. You're going to get hurt. My parents bought me a motorcycle for my 13th birthday, so they weren't thinking about the fact that I'm going to hit a tree. Or something like that. They, they, you know, they knew I wanted that. They knew that I would love having that. It's something that led me to have motorcycles most of my life. They were optimistic in that instead of, no, you can't have one because you'll kill yourself. And that, that's an extreme, but a lot of times people are pessimistic about little things. I'm not going to take a chance on going, well, this isn't a little thing, but I'm not going to take the chance of going for that promotion or I'm not going to take the chance of there's this dream job that I just heard about, but I'm, I'm comfortable here. Interesting. Uh, you know, as you're saying that, and I, and I think about the power of optimism, you know, and it's, I, I like you, I'm, my style is optimism. However, I, I know we've got to have listeners out there who did have the parent mm-hmm. or someone that said, Oh no, it's never going to work. You know, you're going to try that and you're just going to fail and, and you're going to embarrass yourself. Fill in the blank with all the different descriptions. I hear you saying there's, I mean, there's hope for the person that had that pessimistic style and maybe wants to make the transition and wants to be more optimistic. Am I right in that? Yeah, there's there's a link back to one of the other podcasts where we talked about consequential thinking. When you do consequential thinking, what path are you taking when you're thinking about the consequences? Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a learned thing. So if you get yourself overwhelmed with the possible negative outcomes then you turn into a pessimistic thinker. If you let yourself be driven by the outcomes that you want, the positive outcomes, then you go, then you'll start going more to that optimism. And it's once again, it's a pattern that you develop Mm -hmm. the neural pathways and all that stuff in your brain start developing a different way to go. And it's, you, you mentioned practice before. That's what it takes. You know, you exercise the brain muscle to think differently. You know, you mentioned music and, learning your instrument. And I, like you, am a musician. So I remember when I was taking lessons, 
this teacher would have me playing scales. Mm-hmm. And he would just have me playing them over and over. And I remember, I don't, what lesson it was, it escapes me, but I, I do remember asking him, so why do we have to keep doing this? And he said, in a year from now, you'll understand. Mm-hmm. And exactly. It back to it, back to it. And then one of the first performances, and it dawned on me, this was why. This was what the practice was because it made me more familiar. You mentioned earlier about ownership because mm-hmm. I owned it now. It was right. like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know why this happens to this and then you do this. And at the time, it did seem like drudgery. Oh my gosh, I got to keep playing these skills. And I got to believe some people out there would maybe think, well, Jeff, I've been at this for like two weeks and I know you said this neural pathway, but it's like, I feel like all I'm doing is, Reverting back to it's not going to work. Is that kind of? Yeah, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yes, if you're a pessimistic person, it's going to be hard to develop that optimistic pathway because you're going to think this isn't worth it. This is never going to work. Mm-hmm. So trust me, just keep working on it. And I'm in your camp because yeah. I've seen it in music. I've seen it just in life in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these different areas. And I think it's that initial pain, right, of mm-hmm. – it's not working that we forget that, you know, you're, you're probably like right on the doorstep of the breakthrough you want to, to develop that new road, right? It's exactly, it's exactly that. It's, um, being optimistic that you'll become optimistic, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, a, you know, the double there, but yeah, exactly. So I got to ask you, okay. uh, because in the past episode, we, we, we looked and we talked about Winnie. Okay. I, can you go back to Winnie? Because I think she's got some application here, Okay. Too. Well, we talked about Winnie, who is a, a rescue dog that my wife and I mm-hmm. got yep. about two months ago now. And the incident that was in the other podcast was through circumstances, me picking up a broom just to use the broom, she exhibited the signs that she had been beaten with some a stick or a broom before. So that that's what we talked about before. But with optimism, I'm going to – show you how or talk about what Winnie does when I put my shoes on. Oh, my. Okay. I'm <laughs> ready. Right. If I'm sitting on the couch and I need to get put my shoes on, you know, I'm, I'm going someplace, she's optimistic that I'm putting my shoes on so that I can take her for a walk. And she exhibits <laughs> all the signs of an optimistic dog that's getting ready to go for a walk. So she goes into that every time with the optimism of we're going for a walk. And it might be, I'm just going to leave. But she doesn't think about that outcome. She's only thinking about the outcome. I'm going to go get to go on a walk. So she is so optimistic about that. That's her pattern, which is a good pattern to get into. But when we're talking with, with our human situations, there is a time when you need to put a little bit of the pessimism into it. That, you know, the healthy pessimism, mm-hmm. the, you know, don't give that up because that's, that's used properly as, is, is, a protective thing, you know, when right. you do look at some of the dangers, but you don't dwell on them, you recognize, you know, this could happen. That's okay. But it's when you only look at that, that's when the pessimism takes over from the optimism. So she doesn't think that. She thinks every time we're going for a walk. <laughs> wow. That's really powerful, Jeff, because think about it. You know, you mentioned healthy pessimism, you know, and, and when we get signs that maybe certain things are not what they should be and are not going to go the way we thought mm-hmm. initially that healthy pessimism can be our friend. Yes. It's, it's going to help you, you know, identify, you know, something that can keep 
you getting from your outcome, and that's good because now you see it, now you can address it, whether it's a project, whether it's dealing with another person, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you see that that roadblock, and now you can figure out how to deal with it, go around it, remove it, whatever. Because it's not an all or nothing type thing. It's not no. all optimism or all pessimism, no. right? Gotcha. You, you, you have to blend it to be successful. Gotcha. Because if Winnie would take it one step further, she would start getting pessimistic because she doesn't get to go on a walk every time. <laughs> So the funk that follows, right? Yeah. The, the, the downside. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Tell us a little bit about how optimism helps, helps you. Because if I'm listening out there, I might be thinking, okay, so what's in it for me, Jeff? I mean, what okay. am I going to get if I'm turn into this optimist? Well, there, there are some very, you know, concrete things that will happen. If you look at things from an optimistic viewpoint, one thing it's going to do, it's going to increase your pool of choices. It's going to give you more options to go to something because you're going to see more things that are there to help you get to your outcome. It's amazing how much more you see when you are looking at it that way. And I would imagine the opposite is true as well. Pessimism closes the number right. of choices, limits the number. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's 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 okay. great. And y- y- you have a better chance of success. I, you know, I don't know what... Karma, I don't know what it is, but the more you're optimistic about something, the better your chance of succeeding. It just goes that way. If uh, the, you mentioned LeBron James before, mm-hmm. if he goes into a game and he's thinking, I'm going to miss every shot, he's probably going to miss most of his shots. But if he goes into the game thinking, I'm going to make all my shots, he's going to make more than he misses, more Makes than likely. So just yeah. you know, your, your chances of success are much greater when you're looking at it from optimism. And you're going to look at it from the solution side of it. You're, you're going to be looking at the things that will get me where I want to go. Because I have this concrete thing that I'm optimistic that I can achieve, it's going to take me down that path. So you're going to be more solution-oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the approach you're going to take. Right. Another thing about optimism is it's going to increase innovation. It's, you're going to think of different ways. The Wright brothers were optimistic they would get a plane in the air. So they innovated some things that mm-hmm. nobody else had thought of. Thomas Edison was that way. Military leaders are probably that way too. When they're in, in combat, they're, they're going to think of new ways because they're optimistic that they will win. So what's some better ways to get there? You know, that's a, that's a one that I want to pause on for a minute is that, you know, we hear so much talk about innovation, you know, whether it's hearing companies like Amazon or individuals like Elon Musk or something like that. And we think of it in terms of industry and business. But what you're talking about is human innovation almost, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that way. You know, the product is, it's, gets there, but it's because people are optimistic. You know, the, the Apollo 11 astronauts were pretty optimistic where they wouldn't have, you know, strapped themselves in on top of, you know, a a 300 and some foot bomb basically to go to the moon. They were, they were optimistic about the outcome. Right. Because they put a lot of work into it. They knew the people that were designing it. They were involved in it. They were highly trained. So they had done everything they could to be optimistic. There's a, a story about the NASA engineers I always thought was interesting. When they were designing, building the Apollo spacecraft, mm-hmm. the Saturn V and things, they looked at every event as a gate. Every time this needed to happen, you had to go through a gate. And every time you made it more complicated, it made the gate narrower. And so the narrower the gate, it was harder to get through. 
until the point sometimes they got to where the gate was closed because they made everything so complicated. All these things need to happen. So they looked at it differently. What can we do to keep that gate open? The wider the gate, the easier it is for that step. So they, they, they worked at it from that aspect. Instead of what's going to close the gate and keep us from succeeding, what is going to make that gate wider to be successful? What about from the perspective, as, as we get close to the end here, mm-hmm. seeing beyond the present? What does that mean? If you're optimistic, you are looking at what's going to happen down the road. You know, that little bit of maybe the pessimism we talked about. Okay, there's mm-hmm. going to be a rough road. Yep. But you're seeing beyond that. Okay, if we can get through this, this is the outcome. The guy that invented the, the first heart transplant. Mm-hmm. There's going to be rough patches. But this is, you know, what this is the outcome I want. I'm optimistic we can get to that. But I know there's going to be the difficulty, but you look past the difficulty to the outcome you want. You know, it's interesting when you're saying that. My wife just did the half marathon here back, oh gosh, when was that? It was two weeks ago. When my wife came home and told me she was going to do it, I probably was close to fainting because my wife's not a runner. Okay. She doesn't like running. So I'm thinking to myself, why in the world? So maybe I'm using the healthy pessimism. Why in the world are you going to take this on? And she was determined. She developed this plan that was in concert with a friend of hers. They, they took this from couch to marathon stuff. I mean, they were just all in it and getting up at 530 in the morning. And I remember her telling me about how much it hurt and about, oh, my gosh, this weekend I've got to do the 10-mile run and all of the above. And I remember her telling me after she finished the race, she said, you know, she has plantar fasciitis. That was the other thing that came about from I've this. I've had that. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. She said, but I was determined that I was going to complete it. Regardless of my time, I was going to finish that race. And it really was super inspiring because she had what you just described here, this optimism that I'm going to get to the finish line. And it's gonna, there's gonna be some complications, but I'm gonna get there. Now, a half marathon, that is a, I think the statistic is, is like five, less than 5% of the population does that. Mm -hmm. But it just was, it connects so well to what you're saying here, because that's really kind of like life, isn't it? It is. It's exactly that. You, you go into it honestly, knowing that you're, you're going to have hard work. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have Mm -hmm. some pain in her case. Yeah. I know the plantar fasciitis pain and it is not good. The optimism is I'm going to complete what I wanted. And, and that's, that's so important now. So she saw beyond the present. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was this idea and that out in the future, there's the outcome that I'm looking for. And I really, really hope that that not just my wife's story, but what we've been talking about in this mm-hmm. episode should inspire people that this is why you want optimism. This is why you want to be an optimist. Let's kind of close it out, Jeff, with the extremes again. Okay. We, we talked about in previous episodes. Um, w- what would you say are the two extremes on, on this one? The two extremes are being the victim. Woe is me. This is never going to work. You know, chicken little, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no, if you're the victim, you have no control over anything. Now, the extreme is the overconfident. If you're in a work situation and you have a huge project to do and you know this huge project is going to take overtime, weekends, you know, lots of hard, hard work, 
and the, your boss that's presenting it is all happy and cheerful and everything, being the cheerleader, he's just kind of went down a few notches in your eyes because he's not looking at the reality of it. So that's being the overconfident where you don't take the time to look at all the, the issues to get to that goal. I think it's very conf- easy for that overconfident person because they haven't thought it through because they've only looked at one thing or the, the goal. Right. They can easily turn back into that victim because they get hurt in the process. Ah, the damage that comes from that overconfidence. Yeah. From the overconfidence or the damage you do to the people around you. You know, just, you know, if, if, you're playing your your NFL team and you're behind 49 to nothing with five minutes less and your coach is being a cheerleader. What are you going to think of that coach? Well, good analogy because <laughs> you're not going to think very highly of them because it's like you're you're not even facing reality here. Right. You're you know, if the other team leaves, I don't know if you could still fall, score seven touchdowns. That's right. Five with five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So once again, it's the idea of finding the balance there. The balance. Um, that's that's so key. This is a great one, um, and and certainly I'm I'm biased because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I am an optimist, and I'm talking to another optimist. But I I think you've given the audience a great some great word pictures here, Jeff, about how they can navigate this and and make it successful. With that, Jeff, thanks for being here with us. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. And I'm Eric Pennington. This has been the Spirit of EQ podcast. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So. Yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast hosts. Close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media: LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. 
Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.